The Midweek Horror Podcast is supported by Horrified, the website that celebrates and champions British horror, covering films, television, books, fiction, and more. You can visit Horrified at horrifiedmagazine.co.uk and find them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at horrifiedmag. This is the Midweek Horror Podcast with Hannah Fox and Alice Reed. Welcome to the Midweek Horror Podcast. I'm Hannah Fox. And I'm Alice Reed. And we're back again after a little bit of a break, aren't we? We are. We just couldn't line up our calendars. No. And we had a few things happen, didn't they, really? We, yeah, we had a real false start. Illness. Yeah, other stuff. Business. Yeah, I was away. Yeah. I went yeah. away a couple of times, actually. But the false start we had, so if we still have any listeners... (laughs) Hello! (laughs) Yeah, they might remember that at the end of our last episode, we picked a Thai movie called Shutter. Mm -hmm. A couple of weeks later, Hannah came round. We even had a Thai takeaway, because we were about to watch a Thai film. We're really on theme, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. And then we... um, we recorded the introduction. We did all our bits, like, oh, what horror films have you seen? We watched the trailer. We recorded our thoughts on the trailer. And then we went online and we could not find it to stream anywhere. <laughs> it's like, uh, well, we found one, but it was, um, it, it was in, it was in Thai. Thai. Yeah, and no Unfortunately, neither of us speak. Well, we're not fluent in Thai, are we really? No. 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 So, uh, yeah, that was a bit of a shame. I ordered a DVD of it. Yeah. Which. Simply hasn't come, so I think <laughs> I think somebody somebody ripped me off basically. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. That's twenty quid. I'm not going to see oh. it again. <laughs> you never know. I might just turn up one day when you least expect. Yeah. It. So our plan was we would order the DVD because we'd already recorded all the first bits, and then we'd just reconvene to watch it and record the rest of the podcast. It never came. So if anyone was really looking forward to hearing our thoughts on Shutter. Well, tough, tough shit, basically. <laughs> yeah, it ain't happening. Or, you know, find us a copy and send it. Yeah, yeah, please do. Please do. We can't source one. So any thoughts, people, yet? Please uh, answer us on a postcard. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So welcome to the podcast. Instead of Shutter, we're going to watch the new film by Charlie Steeds, who's a filmmaker. I really enjoy his films. They're sort of really quite stylish, fun, slightly retro B-movie horrors. Mm. Um, He's got a new one out today called The Haunting of the Tower of London. So we're going to give that a shot. It's absolutely ages since we last did a podcast. Have you seen any horror movies, Anne? Have I seen any horror movies? Well, so I did watch Hellraiser the other day, which I have seen before, but I was feeling a bit unwell and I thought I'd treat myself to an old favourite. Was it as good as you remember? It was actually. Probably better, actually. I, yeah, I enjoyed that. Um, and then I did that typical thing where I went to find Hellraiser 2 and I couldn't find it anywhere. So I gave up. Oh, really? It. Yeah. It was like, so it was probably on Amazon or something, but I just, um, I looked at, you know, when you kind of look, I looked on Netflix in a few places. Yeah. And then yeah. I got to a point, I was like, oh, I can't be bothered. I'll watch it another time. That's the thing when you're ill. You have yeah, a very low attention span. Exactly. You can't be bothered with much. Um, but I watched that and I very much enjoyed that. And I've also been watching, not a horror movie, but I've started watching the new, um, you know, the guys that do The Haunting of Hill House and they did Blind Manor as well. Yeah. Like the, um, the Netflix horror sort of little series. I've been watching their new one, which is called Midnight Mass. Um, oh, yeah. And really enjoying that so far. Yeah, I won't um, give it away. Give uh, the plot away to anybody, but I would, um, I would say, yeah, check that out. It's on Netflix, and there's they're the same group, and they do they've done three now. So I haven't seen any of theirs. I think People you'd rave like about it. Them. They're really good. I think I would love them. Yeah, really good. So they're all really different, even though they're about you know hauntings of, in some way. It, I think, they're all equally enjoyable. So as well as that, I've got quite into um, like mysteries and kind of like uh true crime well to be honest i've always been into true crime like podcasts but i've got quite into like the sort of mysteries and myths 
um, and like weird stories, like ghostly stories kind of podcasts at the moment. So I'm quite into that. And there's been a few good ones I've been listening to there. So not quite on the sort of um, horror film you know, not not quite kind of quite the same thing, but still very good. We can definitely talk about it. So, what's yeah. your what's your top pick for spooky podcasts at the minute? So, the one I really quite liked recently that I came across, and let me get it right because you know, oh, my phone. Yeah, sorry. So, there's a couple of ones I'm quite into at the moment. There's one called Unexplained, which is just about weird stories. Brilliant. So, you know, it might be a haunting, or it might be a submarine that crashed into something that was like massive and they're like, is it a sea monster or, or what? <laughs> so that one was that quite sounds good. good. I and like then, under the sea stuff. Yeah. That was, it's quite a mix. They're quite short, but I quite like a bit of a mystery. And then the ones that are a bit more ghostly, um, a bit more horror themed. Um, there's one on BBC sounds called uncanny, which I quite liked. Um, Danny Robbins, I believe. Danny Robbins, indeed. Yeah, and I really like Danny Robbins, actually. He's a good presenter. Um, and actually, he ended up getting his own kind of hashtag because in one of the stories, he's talking to this guy called Ken who's haunted by a ghost. And at one point, he goes, bloody hell, Ken. <laughs> yeah, no, I saw that. Somebody put, about that. Somebody put it on a T-shirt. Oh, really? You can get a T-shirt that says uh, bloody hell, Ken. Yeah, I like Danny. He's a great narrator. And I think um, the the way he does the, the podcasts <coughs> are really good because they're sort of like, they're not, they're enough that you kind of get into them and you can, it's good on like a drive to work or, you know, walk to work or something, but, but they're not too long. They're like nice chunks. Yeah, yeah. Although I did get really into it because I was a bit upset when I'd run out. I was like, Oh, cause you know, sometimes you get into a podcast and there's hundreds of episodes cause they've been going mm. for ages, but the, this one's quite new. So um, yeah, I've got to my end. So I'm hoping he's going to make some more soon. Oh, I hope he does as well. I'm really glad you enjoyed that. Yeah. So anyway, that was probably the yeah my main points. How about you? Ooh, what have I seen recently? So I have had the pleasure of seeing um, some really cool short films to review for, again, Horrified, Horrified mm. website. So one of them was The Thing That Ate the Birds. Oh, I've heard of that. It's a really good, it's a short film, it. and it's free to watch online mm. because they did it in partnership with an online platform called Alter. <laughs> Do you know why you've heard of it? Because you told me. I was just thinking. Yeah, the, the yeah. podcast we never finished. Cause so we it was on that. I film. know. When you said that, yeah, I suddenly yeah. thought, Do you know what? How would I have heard of that? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. It, it was probably not something I'd have come across. So, no. Yeah. yeah, you definitely told me about it. So, really enjoyed it. It's actually also produced in partnership with BFI Network, which is British mm. Film Institute. You know, their logo at the beginning of a film is a mark of quality. Yeah. This is a really well-made, polished movie. It's basically about a gamekeeper who his marriage is crumbling. God, we've eaten so much pizza tonight, haven't we? <laughs> so Always do. <laughs> it's a gamekeeper. His marriage is crumbling because he's an alcoholic. And instead of working on his marriage, like his wife is obviously looking for the exit. She's had it up to here um, for the benefit of the tape. Hand is at neck level. <laughs> She's had yeah. it up to here. Instead of focusing on try to fix his relationship, he becomes obsessed with the matter of what is butchering his grouse. Um, like his his helper thinks... It's <laughs> that... not a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Sorry, his, um... continue. <laughs> what is butchering his grouse? <laughs> um, his helper is like saying, oh, maybe it's a fox, maybe it's a stoat. Fox, I can understand. A stoat. stoat. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I've ever seen a stoat in real life. Yeah, we're... (laughs) It's my dreams. (laughs) Well, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know anything about stoats. Foxes, I know foxes. Yeah, they're everywhere, aren't they? Let's face it. Turns out it's, um, well, a monster. And I don't want to give too much away about the film. The monster's great, actually. Something I love about it, bit of a bold decision, but the first time you see the monster is in a daylight shot. But the way they've done it is really quite eerie and uncanny. And actually, handled differently, it could be a bit like, oh, the film's shown its hand too early. Mm. It's actually my favourite moment of the short film. And that's what I did. Oh, that's why I couldn't get on board with Jeepers Creepers. Because I thought that film was brilliant until they showed the monster. 
And then I just couldn't take it serious. I can't remember what the monster was in Jeepers Creepers. A giant grasshopper or something. Was it really? Yeah, it was awful. I think we've talked about this before. Yeah, I think we have. But it still, it it, cuts deep. Because I thought that film had so much promise. A giant grasshopper. Yeah, it was awful, honestly. Yeah, have a look when you get time. But this sounds good anyway. This sounds better than the giant grasshopper. Yeah, and it is free to watch online. You could literally, guys at home, go to YouTube right now and search for The Thing That Ate the Birds. Well worth a watch. Excellent. Okay, what else have I seen? God, I'm stuffed. I've eaten too much pizza. You know, sometimes when talking's a bit of an effort. Yeah. I can't wait to turn the lights off and put the movie on. <laughs> eat some chocolate. Just like re- recline. I know. I know. I'm really <laughs> struggling. Sorry, people at home. I know I'm being low energy. I'm normally better than this. Um, okay. So another film I've watched, another short film. So this is a film by Stuart Hamilton, who is a Scottish filmmaker. I saw a film by him called The Telling, a short film a couple of years ago now. Where, which I really loved. Um, and he's got a new film out. And he is a micro-budget filmmaker. Like, he will go on Indiegogo or Kickstarter or whatever it is and rustle up a £1,000 and make a really cool little short film with it. And he has a bit of a passion for sort of like all those really spooky, quirky, cult TV shows, British TV shows from the 70s and 80s, like Children of the Stones. Mm. And uh, quarter mass. Quarter mass. Oh, was it yeah. quarter mass? I always used to say quarter, but I don't know. I think it is quite a mass. Yeah, I always say quarter mm. mass. Um, Chocky, the stone tape, stuff like that. I don't, think I don't know that one, but I know the other two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know Chocky either. I might edit that out. <laughs> it's like a horror film about Chocky. <laughs> I might edit that out because if somebody says, oh, you know about Chocky, I'll have to say, I don't have a clue what it is. <laughs> You hear something, you repeat it. Um, And what he's done, I think this is really cool. I can't say too much about it. It's not not even been released at festivals yet, I don't think. It's been submitted to festivals as we speak. But the way I describe this film, the summary he posted on Indiegogo when he was raising money for it, is it's about a guy who comes into possession of a mysterious painting which shows a familiar landscape. And I think the summary just says madness in shoes or something Ooh. so that is your plot summary it sounds like an mr james well you is know it... i'll want to watch it if it's got painting in it so exactly yeah i mean it sounds like the mezzo tint but actually it's more like a lovecraft story okay yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's sort of um, a yeah. cosmic horror but what he's done is he's produced it so it kind of looks and feels like one of these old tv shows and the way i describe it this is this is part of what makes it so eerie it's kind of like it, the film was made in the 80s. Have you heard of the Mandela Effect? Yes. Oh, it's, I find the Mandela Effect fascinating. It's like mm. it was made in the 80s and then the Mandela Effect just erased it from our timeline. And then suddenly it's okay. floated back to us from a parallel universe. Like it feels like something that was made in the 80s, but it just... It's just not... It just wasn't, it wasn't you know, yeah, wasn't, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's done two cuts of it. I've seen both of them. One is the festival cut, which is just under 20 minutes, and that's in widescreen. But he's almost got like his director's cut, where he's done it in proper like um, 4-3 ratio, like Mm. an old TV show. The opening theme has this sort of... He's also a composer. Oh, wow. Multi-talented. Yeah, yeah. Um, He's done the opening theme himself, but it's got this slightly wobbly quality, like you're listening to an old... Like the soundtrack of a TV show and an old VHS. Yeah. That sounds cool. I'm quite keen to watch that. It's basically what he's trying to achieve, that feeling he's trying to achieve. He's done it perfectly. He's got a collaborator called The Night Monitor who's done this really cool synthy soundtrack for the rest of the film, which just perfectly captures the mood. And basically, it's almost a one-man show. The main actor is a guy called Andy Noble, who was also in the telling. Very good actor. And it's pretty much just him on screen by himself. And that's how they tell the story. And all I would say is whether you get chance to see it in the um, the festival festivals or whether you get an opportunity later on to see the the four three ratio one, whichever version you get a chance to see, they're both good. Mm. So just just see either. I believe the plan is it's going to do a run at festivals, and then later this year, maybe around Christmas, he's just going to put it on Vimeo, oh, okay, so people cool. will be able to watch yeah. it. Um, I will also say the telling is on Vimeo. Mm-hmm. I definitely recommend you watch that one while you're waiting. 
But yeah, one, one, one of the reasons why I really enjoy writing for the horror website is I get to see little films like it's this. Cool little films, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the sort of films you'd only otherwise get to see, usually if you're going to horror film festivals. Mm. You know, it's a nice opportunity, nice opportunity to see something a bit different. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's really cool, stylized, and the horror doesn't come from jump scares or anything. It's just this mounting sense that something terrible is going on sense of foreboding yeah yeah mm. and the fact that the the film itself feels so weird and sort of parallel university mm. um really amplifies that effect but like i said i don't want to talk about the plot really because it's it's not even at festivals yet but keep an eye out for it um have i even said what the film is called i haven't have yeah, i you haven't. <laughs> it's, it's called the beckoning the beckoning by Stuart hamilton yeah keep an eye out for that one i would say i've heard of that as well but we talked about it on that podcast. We, we did, yeah, the podcast we never finished. Um, in fact, you must be sick of hearing about these. No, films. it's good, it's good. <laughs> um, oh, um, another film we both watched together, mm. Doctor Sleep. Doctor Sleep, which I love that film. I really enjoyed that film. I thought, you know, it, The Shining is an incredible film, and I don't think, like, I think it's a bit of a... <clears throat> you know, it's a bit of a kind of a legendary sort of film. You know, it's a classic. But I really enjoyed Doctor Sleep. Um, I thought it was very good, a very good, se- would you call it a sequel? I mean, yeah, I suppose it's sort of a sequel. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was really good, really nice little story. Um, it's, yeah, I, I thought it was um, one of the better films I've seen in recent times. I enjoyed it. I wasn't quite sold on the villains. No, you weren't, were you? Yeah, and I think because they're kind of immortal, aren't they? Yeah. And yeah. what's what's the main villain called? It's an actress who I love, and she's great in it. What's she called? Um, so I can't remember her name, but she's in The Greatest Showman. She's also in June. Yes. Jessica. Oh um, no, yeah, um, Rebecca Ferguson, isn't it? No. No. Rebe- she was in the. Oh, it is Rebecca Ferguson. Yeah, I thought I was right. She's um, great in it, but isn't her name like Rose the Hat or something? Yes, it's something, something like that. And she's that. got a hat. <laughs> now, the thing is, I so me calling myself Ellis the Hat and having mm. a little hat that I always wear, I can imagine thinking that was a good idea when I was 18. Yeah. I'm 40 now. I would think I'm a bit too grown up now. To be the hat. To be giving myself a kooky nickname and putting it. These guys are immortals. That's true. Surely they, surely they have moved past giving themselves edgy nicknames. Like, yeah. was there one called Daddy Crow? Yes, was yeah, Daddy yeah. Crow. Um, they, they get, it's like you know those yeah. pickup artists who give themselves yeah. mysterious names. They were a bit sleazy though, weren't they? Anyway, yeah, they were massively sleazy. Like all of them, really. Yeah, yeah. You think about it. Um, but yeah, sorry for the benefit of um, the listeners. The story follows on from The Shining, and it's all about the little boy in The Shining, Danny. And he's now an adult. Um, and he has, without ruining it too much, he has, um, basically powers, really, doesn't he? He can communicate with people without talking to them. And he can do, communicate with the dead, um, which is obviously what he was doing in The Shining. And it's about how he's kind of going up against these immortal villains and this little girl. Um, and the, the villains are basically killing children. And it's kind of how, like, the story about, like, him and this girl trying to stop them. Which yeah. that's pretty, pretty accurate. Yeah, it was a, yeah. Good, it was a good story. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I did and too. I've never seen The Shining. I know, madness. So I can't compare the two. I can't believe that. You need to watch it. It's one of the many horror films, classic horror films, which I, as a horror movie podcaster, really should be ashamed for not having I seen. I mean, I do, yeah, I do kind of feel a bit appalled that you haven't watched yeah. it, if I'm honest. And you're my Come co-presenter. On. Come on. God knows what the guys at home this. think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've got to get on that, right? Yeah. I might make it your homework. So that, I think, that is our roundup. We were all over the place today, but I'm sure I can edit it together into something semi-sensible. Well, I hope so, because, well, this is the episode. <laughs> this is, it, is this what is, you get. yeah. yeah. <laughs> So anyway, shall we uh, go and watch the trailer? Let's go watch the trailer for The Haunting of the Tower of London by Charlie Steeds. See you after the jingle.
quite intense, wasn't it? That was very intense, yeah. I mean, right from the get-go. Yeah, I do think it looks great. I do too. I think they've done a really good job. Because it's uh, a period drama. Um, They've mentioned the princes in the tower, so we're thinking that was the um, Richard III's nephews. Yeah, so you know more about this than me. Not loads, but I know that there was... um, It was... The legend was that he'd killed them. They were imprisoned in the tower and then um, they went missing one day and they were never seen again. And it was that Richard, their uncle, was didn't want them, obviously, to take his crown, so killed them. I don't think anyone really knows the truth, but I think that's what they assume happened. And I'm guessing it's that. It looks like they find the remains of them. Yeah. And then some priest turns up to investigate. Yeah. Horror ensues. Horror ensues. And also... Uh, some kind of evil spirit is there or hallucinations of someone because Definitely. a lot of like weird monsters and stuff is yeah, going on. Yeah, I would say on. several. Yeah. Several yeah. evil spirits. Mm. And we see one of them, don't we, in black with like chains hanging off his arms like in the shadows. And then a lot of like scenes of the torture chamber, the bodies of the princes, just like, yeah. Chaos, really. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of nice use of like strong, bold colours and. Yeah, well, this, one of the things I like about Charlie Steed's movies, they're very sort of, um, energetic. Yes. And that's stylish. a good Stylish. Do you know what it made me think of? Um, have you ever seen a film now, and get this right, called The Devils? No. Um, it's got Oliver Reed in it. Um, and he's like a priest and he's sort of in this like convent or something. And they all go a bit mad and possessed. And that's quite, that reminded me a bit of that. A bit of a classic. That sounds amazing. You should watch that. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit of a classic. I remember watching it when I was in doing media studies when I was at school, um, like in sixth form, but it's, it's a bit weird, but it's good. (laughs) It's good. Um, and it reminded me a bit of that stylistically and, you know, that everything was a bit crazy and a bit, um, chaotic. Lots lots of people laughing maniacally. Yes. It's got that sort of, Mad laughter vibe. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, good. The set looked quite good. You know, obviously, um, you know, you couldn't get the Tower of London, but it's a very good wherever they are. It's a very good set, and they've done it well. I think even from just seeing that short uh, clip, you sort of can see that it's been thought about in terms of the period style and stuff. So yeah, that, that's another thing he does well. To be honest, like some low budget movies, especially period ones, don't really feel like movies. They feel mm. like people mucking about. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Live action role play. Yeah, but um, all his films that I've seen, you know that you, you can you can tell they've not been made on like a fifty million pound budget, but they're still very sort of well slickly made, mm. nicely produced. You know they've got that sheen of cinema about them. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure you know, and it seems from the trailer like he's done a good job mm. with the period setting for this movie. Yeah, definitely. No, I'm uh, I'm very intrigued. Yeah, well, I hope you like it, actually, because yeah. we've got a load more Charlie Steeds we could watch if you like this one. What do you think, uh, stars-wise? I think it'll be a four. I'm going to go with a four. I would give the track... Do you know, maybe, maybe we should change to, instead of predicting what the film will be, just giving the trailer a rating. Okay. Four. Four, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I d- Surprise! I, d- I don't know why I wanted to introduce that subtlety. <laughs> I know what you mean, though, because sometimes we love the trailer, and yeah. then we watch the film, and we're like, meh. But, like, so. I can't imagine myself ever saying, well, based on that five-star trailer, <laughs> I think this film's going to be quite a disappointment. <laughs> you know, what's the difference? That's true. That is um, a good point. Yeah, no, nice, solid four. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to getting the projector out, cracking open the bags of minstrels. You've got jelly babies. I do have you? jelly babies tonight, yeah. Yeah, watching a film. We've not done it for ages. And then podding about it. All right, well, only one thing left to do now. Let's go watch the film. And then we'll report back with our full review of The Haunting of the Tower of London by Charlie Steeds. Do you know, I think the last time we did a podcast, mm. we had the electric fan heater on. Oh, my God. That's how much we the weather so has changed. You know and we- now we're just... It's British weather, though. Yeah, Because yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if tomorrow you, you have to have the heater on. Again. I know. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's so madness. humid here. So bizarre. But yeah, it's pretty hot tonight. Um, yeah, well, we just watched The Haunting of the, the Tower, Tower of London. The Haunting of the Tower of London, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so um, 
yeah. Thoughts? What do you think, Cam? Well, we just briefly discussed this, and I held back a bit um, purposely, but I loved it, and it is one of my favourite low-budget films. Really? I thought it was great. Well, I'm so glad you enjoyed it, because like I say, I've watched quite a few of uh, Charlie Steeds' films. I always enjoy a Steeds. Uh-huh. Um, there's loads more you can watch on Amazon Prime. Okay. I'll, I will um, have do to check you. some others out. Yeah, I will do you. I'll text you links to my favourites mm-hmm. so you can check them out. Yeah. What would I... you give it? What would you give it stars wise? Well, I was taught. I mean, I was like trying to like. Oh, I was you know going really high. I think um, four and a half. I'm going to go with. Yeah. Excellent. I thought it was really good. I really did. I think I would only um, claw back a few just for like a few like minor things, um, but. Like, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fantastic. Honestly, I think it was, like, I was really impressed by, for a film that wasn't, like, a massive budget, all that they did with it, especially as you are doing, you're trying to make a film that is a period drama. It's all quite dark. You're trying to do it on location, um, which I never did find out where it was, but it was obviously a Welsh castle, I think. I think Welsh? I think, I reckon Wales. But I could be wrong. I should know where it is, because I think it's the same place they filmed Werewolf Castle. I think they actually filmed two films back to back there. Ah, okay. Yeah, he's a bit of a workhorse. Mm. He makes a lot of films. He's got a good output. So that is really promising that you enjoy that one, because you'll probably get two or three more a year to watch. <laughs> Brilliant. <Happy laughs> yeah, days. you've got a bit of a back, back catalogue as well. Yeah, good. So I, I really like the story. I thought it was a really good little story based on a... I mean, it's a ghost story based yeah, yeah. on, loosely based on a real story. Good, good twist at yeah, one point yeah. in the film. And just to warn people, Sorry, um, everyone, yeah. we're now in a spoiler space. If you've not seen the film, go watch it on Amazon Prime. You can rent it for about two quid. Go watch it. Come back and listen to the rest of the podcast. It's on general release now. You have been warned. This is a spoiler podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, good little uh, ghost story based on a true story. Um, some of the scenes I loved. I loved the kind of maniac characters and how they were all... The scenes of some of them was almost, like, cartoon-like, which I loved because, uh, like, you're talking about evil and ghosts and you can make that big and you can make that colourful and mental. And I think you really went to town with that. And I love that, like, the... um one that's coming to mind now was the uh, uh, King Edward in his um, bedchamber with like the straps, and he's just rocking and laughing, and the flames are coming up. And yeah, yeah, that was really cool. And the big sp- it's almost a bit Beetlejuice, wasn't it? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> I love Beetlejuice. Yeah, as well, me too. To be fair. And you know, like the big figures in the hall, the big um, ghostly giant figures with the the chains, almost a bit. Pan's Labyrinth or, um, yeah, yeah, you know, good reference. Yeah, 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 big, you know, big characters. And then the other thing's a bit Dickensian, you know, the rattling chains. And I just really felt like he went big and it, for me, it really worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's mm. always also quite a lot of ambition. Yeah. In his films. What I normally say works for low budget films is when somebody comes up with a really good, compelling story that can be told without much. But yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I agree dark, generally. I agree yeah. generally. Dark Temple Productions tend to go the other way. No shortage of ambition. They mm. do some pretty crazy stuff, but they pull it off. Yeah. I actually think their first film, is it called Dead Man Apocalypse? I've not seen it yet, but I think it was a post-apocalyptic sci-fi. <laughs> and they had like they had something like um a go-kart chase in an underground maze or something. Oh, wow. Which they just did with, like, pallets in a warehouse or something. Oh, <laughs> I I, I've cool. not seen it, so that yeah. might be misinformation. But, yeah, you know, they 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 are ambitious, low-budget productions. Mm. And I think they have the style to carry it off. Yeah. Like, the result isn't just a hot mess. It yeah. looks stylish. It looks cool. It's There's something about it that's really unique. It's a real... A real, a real style of his own. I was thinking, I, I feel like this is love, like, I love how fresh it is compared to some guys who are churning out the same stuff again and again. And I just love the creativity. Yeah. yeah. Really enjoyed that. Yeah. I'm definitely going to send you links to more mm. Dark Temple films. 
So there's quite a few of them. Like I say, they're all there on Amazon. Well, they're not all there. A lot of them are there on Amazon Prime. I remember we still have that DVD of Barge People. Yes, which I'm now kind of keen to watch. I mean, I was keen to watch it before, but I'm more keen, I would say. Now. Excellent. Mm. Right, should we tell? Should we talk a bit about the plot then? Sorry, yeah, I dived straight in. No, no, I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. <laughs> I am glad you did. That was brilliant. You know, and it's all fresh. I was like, yeah, I want to get it out and tell everyone. Um, but yes, please. <laughs> well, so it starts off, they basically pull the decomposed remains of the princes in the tower out of the moat or the river or something. So they discover that the princes who have been missing are dead. They're pretty dead. Yeah, like yeah. skeletons, aren't they? The queen is sort of inconsolable. Her husband, the king, is on his deathbed. Yeah. Standout performance of the film for me was the guy who played Richard. Duke yeah, of Gloucester. Duke of Gloucester. Who yeah. would be king. Um, I think he was in um, A Werewolf in England as well. But I might be wrong on that. I don't know what his name is. We can look it up in a bit. So the Queen's, I guess, lady, lady in, waiting. in waiting. yeah. Yeah, yeah. She makes it pretty clear that she thinks Richard has mm. killed the princes in the tower. And she goes off to fetch this guy she's heard about. Can you remember what his name is? Uh, Henry. Henry. Mm. Who can consult the dead. Now, a, a scene that I loved early on is where we see Henry has visited this family... The old husband wants to talk to his wife one last time. And this I thought this scene was brilliant, actually. Mm. Henry has this hourglass because it's dangerous for him to spend too much time in the sort of netherworld. He turns it over and he sort of goes into this parallel universe where he's talking to the dead wife. She is one scary. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Horrible. Really eerie. Yeah, saying scary stuff. Mm. And then it cuts back to him with his eyes closed, talking to the family, saying things like, oh, she looks like an angel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She says she misses you. And, of course, in the underworld, this one was like, <laughs> I drowned. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, stay away. And it's like, <laughs> I've got a warning for you. And, like, really creepy, yeah. creepy dead woman. And it, I, I love that, actually, that you usually watch these things and they're going there and it's like some floating angel, you know, like, and it, I was like, that, I like that take on the fact that, you know, it might not be a nice message. It might not be, you know, some beautiful other world like we always kind of want to believe. It was mm-hmm. kind of cool that they took that take that actually you die and it's crap. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's bloody monster. Yeah, yeah. Because w- when he sees people, he really sees how they died. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and they're yeah. sort of like stuck with it in, yeah. the, in the afterlife for eternity. And this is when you start to get a bit of a sense of the filmmaker's sense of humour, I think. Because while she's talking to him, doesn't she pull out her heart and plump it on her plate and start eating it? Yeah. Her own heart. Yeah. And poor Henry's like, oh, God, I can't watch. <laughs> this is grim. And it's just then cutting back to him with the family going, uh, she she says she says she's thankful for her funeral. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's like, they left me in the river to rot. Yeah. And he's like, she doesn't mind that you didn't find her body. It's okay. <laughs> she knows you tried, yeah. And basically the lady-in-waiting, Beatrice, has heard about this guy and she has him brought to the Tower of London, because she thinks he can help expose what really happened with the princes in the Tower. So I think that's a fair description of the setup. Yeah. It all goes quite tits up quite, quite tits quickly. Up, yeah, pretty badly. Yeah. Um, and just ends up with poor old Henry being dragged to the Tower and mm. um, everyone else kind of getting killed around him, pretty much. Yeah, turning into ghosts that laugh yeah. maniacally. But he is helped to an extent, by a priest who is trying to solve the mystery as well yeah. and is trying to investigate, yeah, what happened to the princes and he suspects Richard of Gloucester. So he's trying to sort of get evidence on him um, and is wanting Henry to go and get in touch with the dead so that he can find out what happened to them by talking to the princes. Yeah. Um, but again, that doesn't really go to plan. Um, no, they all have a shocker. Um, and yeah, so the priest and his, I would say, boyfriend. Yeah, basically. Yeah, um, There's they, a little romance subplot there. Yeah, they go and uh, dig up the princes so that they can get like a like an, a locket off one of them. Yeah. Uh, so that Henry can get in contact with them. He needs something that the dead person owns. Yeah. Um, but of course, he gets caught and 
they end up getting tortured and it, yeah, kind of, it, it sort of doesn't go to plan for anyone, does it? If they no. don't get caught and tortured and killed, well, they just end up getting killed, pretty is much. Anyone, <laughs> is anyone left alive? Well, not really. So the, the, so the scene at the end where Hen, Henry is essentially left alive in his chamber, but then the very end of the film, he's, we think he's got out of his cell and has gone home to his um, son and the son's grandmother, whether that's his mother or his wife's mother, I'm not sure. But then it cuts back to him in his cell, and you realise the hourglass that he uses to keep time in the underworld is run out of time. Mm. So you could... Interesting how you could take that. It's a little bit end of inception, isn't it? Yeah. Is he just stuck there now, forever? Or temporarily? Is he dead? Is he alive? There's actually a great moment where he's sort of hugging his son in sort of soft-focused slow motion. Mm. And then he looks up and sees his hourglass on the side, like in the dream world, before it cuts back to him, still in the cell in the dungeon with the sands run out. So that's that's a nice ending. Um, I actually really like the way, one of the things they did with the fact that he needs a possession of the dead to be able to make contact with them. And Beatrice, the lady-in-waiting who brought him, they're sort of met by the guards. And Richard drags her off to talk to him. And before she goes in, she gives Henry one of her earrings. And I said to you, I bet she's done that in case she dies, so Mm. he's got some of hers. And yeah, that's exactly what happens. Like, she talks to Richard. It's a bit of a tense discussion. Then he stabs her to death. But of course, Henry, because he's got her earring, knows that she's dead. And that is actually how he convinces the priest that his powers are real. He does two things. First of all, he tells the priest about how his mentor died. Yeah. And then he says, oh, by the way, Beatrice is dead. Mm. And the priest is like, no, she isn't. No, she isn't. And he goes outside. And then, is it Jeffrey? Jeffrey, yeah. Yeah, Jeffrey's like, oh, my God, Beatrice is dead. And the priest is like, shut up. Mm. <laughs> but after that, he's very much sold. He's sold. On he's Henry's on board. Powers. Yeah, yeah. And I love that scene, actually, where Beatrice is stabbed. Um, in terms of the, the room they're in is beautiful. It's some really, it's quite uh, a nice shot in there of they kind of, you know, the murder is sort of shot in this room with beautiful sort of paintings and high ceilings and stuff. Yeah. It's a really nice scene. So you talk about period setting. Mm. The interiors, I thought, were faultless. You really just Gorgeous. felt like you were in a different yeah, town. Yeah, really time. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well done to the production for that. Oh, yeah. Tough, tough gig um, to keep all that looking authentic. And the twist, of course. Oh, I, li- I really like that. So we're going through this whole film thinking that the princes have been killed by Richard of Gloucester, Richard III, because that's what the myth is, right? You know, that's what everyone has always assumed. I mean, there's multiple theories on it, but... That's kind of, I think, what most people think. But in the end, it actually um, ends up, the sort of the big reveal, so to speak, is that the priest finds out that the queen, I think, is has a bit of an obsession with Richard and has been having an affair with him. So decides what she would rather do is kill her own sons and start a new life as queen with Richard, with mm-hmm. obviously her husband on his deathbed. He's out of the picture so she butchers her own sons. Yeah, she's already preggers with Rich's Yeah, with baby. Rich's baby. And, yeah, I didn't see that coming at all. Uh, so I thought that was no, a really nice neither. little twist. And it was a really good reveal because we find this when um, the priest who's dug up mm. the body and managed to get one of their, I don't know, pendants or whatever yeah. it is, takes it to Henry in the dungeon. So Henry takes hold of it and is able to basically see the last minutes of the... The prince's yeah. lives, and it's quite an effective reveal because he's he's actually under the bed hiding in the dream. So you see the feet, and then you see the killer from behind. And when it turns round and it's the queen, that is that is a surprise. Yeah. So that was really good, and I also liked that when the princes get the revenge on the queen, they're just like eating bits of. Her. <laughs> I thought it was quite a funny, dark, comedic. Sort yeah, of scene. yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I like that. I like it. I like a good plot and I like a twist. Yeah, yeah. So I was happy about that. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else to say about the story? I think that's probably the main bits. Yeah. Like yeah. The key bits. I think for two pound rental on Amazon, only two pound if you want it standard definition. 
Yeah, I mean, there's loads of stuff that went on that we've not talked about. Oh, God, yeah, tons. Like, um, yeah. Have a watch of it, guys. You know, it's right there. It's out today. Well, yeah. it won't be today by the time I get this out. No, it's It'll out already. It'll have been out already. for a couple of days. Yeah. yeah. But no, thoroughly enjoyed it. We were saying, actually, weren't, weren't we? It won't be on um, the Tomatometer yet because it hasn't had a chance to be reviewed. Yeah, probably not. What would you say critical? Because you, you docked half a star. You gave it four and a half stars out of five. Um, so I think just minor things. And I'm, I'm, you know, I think I ended up being a bit critical just because I, you know, I don't want to be too gushing. But <laughs> no, I think it was just things like sometimes there was certain, oh, I feel a bit mean saying this. There were certain actors that were better than others. And some of the actors had a bit more of a kind of, like a a better portrayal of their characters, I thought. But that's not really a criticism as such. It was just, yes, some of the, some of the acting was better than others. Um, but most of the, but the main cast were all really good actors, I thought. Yeah. So not really a criticism. I think you get that in a lot of films. Of course, you're going to have better actors than others. And actually, I think sometimes, it's that thing if someone's better, unfortunately, it makes other people maybe not look as good. So I think there was just that. And then, yeah, maybe some bits I just, just almost not even, I could, not even really that critical, just could do with a bit of tightening up, just weren't quite five stars, you know? Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't actually not really much of a criticism, just, um, could have been a little tighter in places. That's yeah. All. I think, I think if I was going to do half a star docking, one thing, so we talked about the period setting, mm. how great it was for the interiors. One thing that took me a little bit out of the illusion was the sort of establishing shots of the castle itself, mm. where you could see the actual sort of skyline of the castle. Yeah. Because in those shots, it was obvious that it wasn't a current castle. Yeah, and I think... It, not- it was almost, when you looked at the battlements and stuff, it was almost a ruin. Yeah, um, that's true. And not to be a dick, but you could obviously also tell it wasn't the Tower of London. Yeah, yeah. very iconic and... But you know what? Like, you're not going to be able to film in the Tower of London no, unless you've got a ridiculous budget. So yeah. I do sort of think that... You have to cut it some slack. You, you have always to. have to cut you have to. And a with small a low, production some slack. Yeah, with a low budget, there's only so much you can do. And like I said, it's not really a criticism. It was just that because of a low budget, I think there's some things, you know... Exactly. So watching a lot of lower budget films and small productions, for me, there's like a sliding scale of how much disbelief you suspend... Yeah, and I often compare watching lower budget films. It's a bit like going to the theatre. If we want to see a play set at the Tower of London, mm. we'd be looking at it thinking, "Well, you can tell that's not the Tower." Exactly. Of yeah, it's a painting. Yeah, exactly. But you know, you suspend disbelief mm. for the story. And actually, it was really good. Yeah, yeah. No, I thought they did a really good job of it. I'll have to see Werewolf Castle. Actually, for mm. some reason, I've not got around. I've not got around to that one. So yeah, um, I mean, I kind of got only praise. Really, I think. Uh, Sometimes, as well, I just kind of don't go five stars. Well, you've got to leave somewhere for the best films Yeah, the world, that's you? it. Yeah, there's not many yet five stars. Not these days, anyway. I think when we started this, I was a bit gushing. But I've got a bit more, like, critical now. <laughs> I, um, I think I've gone the other way. Do you think? Because I think I was really hard on Mandy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. had a cop on that night when we watched Mandy. You really were. I think if we saw it now, I'd be like, oh, yeah, four stars. Four <laughs> stars. <laughs> I'm mellowing out and you're going the, yeah. going the other way. I think there's potentially other films now. I'd go, oh, I was a bit kind to that one. I mean, I can't <laughs> think of any examples, but, you know, yeah. I, um, ooh, what was I going to say about the film? I found <laughs> the, the torture scenes. I, th- I thought the pair of anguish was quite hard to watch. Oh, yeah, the pair yeah. of anguish. Oh, God, I kept thinking about it. You can't help but think about it, yeah. can you? It's the the thing that where you turn the screw and it expands like a flower mm. after sticking it in somewhere. But like, um, I wasn't expecting it to be called the pair of anguish. <laughs> like when he's explaining the operation of it, and he goes, "Some of the prisoners have taken to calling it the." I thought, God, what are they calling <laughs> it? I'd call it the bottomizer. But they didn't <laughs> usually use it on the bottom. That was the thing. Oh yeah, they yeah. Used them for the mouth, but he said, "I'm not going to die with half a face." Yeah, yeah, so they stuck up his stuck bomb. Stuck up his ass, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, but yeah. Um, and actually... It's not often It's not often I avert my eyes. No, that was... Weirdly, though, I found, what I found worse was the guy being um, disemboweled, hanging upside down on the... Even though you didn't see it, I think the thought of being disemboweled... I think I was, was still horrible. covering my eyes because of the <laughs> bottomizer. 
Had they even put the Barmizer in at that point? I can't remember. <laughs> Probably, yeah. I can't remember. <laughs> maybe, I can't no, remember the sequence of events. Maybe not. Maybe it was first, but you knew it was coming. That oh, was God. the thing. Yeah, we knew it was coming. I liked it out with Barmizer. <laughs> Bottomizer. And I think... And I really, that really made my eyes water. Yeah, it, but I have to say, there have been films that I almost think are unwatchable for me because there's too much torture and I just feel like it's disgusting, it's too drawn out, I can't be doing with it. But in that film, it was a little bit tongue-in-cheek, um, you know, uh, dark humour. And it wasn't, it wasn't like, um, really graphic. The no. thought of it, it was. Yeah. But it wasn't like you were seeing a lot. So it was quite cartoonish. It was, Like yeah. at the end when um, Richard's being dispatched. Oh, I like And his that. jaw pops out. Jaw popped up. Lands on the floor, yeah. So, yeah, it, it's not one of those where you just think, oh, God, I'm going to be sick kind of thing. So mm. I like that. I don't like too much torture. No. Unnecessary. No. Um, the uh, flogging. <laughs> yeah, we like the flogging, don't we? <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> oh, something I didn't realise till we were watching it. I mean, I did know this, but I'd forgotten it. The guy who played the torturer, yeah. Solomon, with the very distinctive face, he is a bit of a, in the sort of films I watch, a bit of a legend. Mm. He um, he played the monster in The Thing That at the Birds. He's usually seen in, like, Full Body Prosthesis. He also played, do you remember, I re- recommended to you Jack in the Box. Oh, yeah, He was yeah. the Jack, yeah. He's done, he's done a few films like that where he plays... Um, yeah, plays a creepy monster. Well, so this time, I think that that was the first time I've seen his face in a film, oh. even though I've seen a few films with him in. He definitely, um, he got special mention, didn't he? Like, he got the and, you yeah, know, you get yeah. the and and with, and he yeah, got yeah. the and, didn't he? Yeah. James Swanton. Yeah. Um, that is the only actor who I've managed to name. In yeah, this whole no podcast. one else I knew, but they were there were some very good actors in there. Um, I really liked the guy that played Richard. Yeah, I thought the guy that played Henry was very good, and the priest was very good. So, like I say, the main I think the main actors were were very strong. I just think some of the supporting cast at times were a little weak, but you know, not a big criticism. Sorry, supporting cast. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's brilliant. Yeah, um, we now have a new. Dark Temple Productions fan. Yeah. Yeah, at Big large. Fan. Really enjoyed that. And I will check out um, some of his others because I think, you know, I really like the style. Yeah, good. Mm. Oh, I'm really happy. I'm really happy. Good. So, Han, mm. would you like to do a funny quiz? Oh, yes, please. Okay. It's been a while. It has been a while. <laughs> Let's do a bit of a jing. We'll play a jingle. <laughs> and then we'll do a funny quiz. Fantastic. I'm just going to take this pear out of my ass, and I'll be right with you. <laughs> wow. Okay, Han. So, are you ready I'm for ready. a funny quiz? Oh, I'm really ready then, in that case. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think the listeners are familiar with the format by now, but we're going to start with round one. I'm going to read you some IMDb plot summaries of films. All of them have a punning title. Excellent. And then, and then, then going to give you multiple choice, and you have to guess which one is the real name of the film. Excellent. So I'm just yeah, I'm just remembering some of these are quite funny. <laughs> I wrote this ages ago and I'm only just looking at it again. Okay, are you ready for your first film? Shoot. Supported by the BFI and BBC film, Julian Barrett, brackets the mighty Boosh, brings his surreal brand of humour to the big screen. Jane, a long-suffering wife, is sick and tired of lazy husband Rodney taking her for granted. When he gets her a Breville pie maker for their anniversary, something snaps inside her. Soon her husband has vanished and her tasty pies are the talk of the town. Mm. Is it called Steak and Rodney? (laughs) Yeah. Pies wide shut. (laughs) Oh, that's good. I spit in your gravy. (laughs) 
also yuck. <laughs> the Conjuring 3, the Breville made me do it. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> or did I make it up? Oh, God. <sighs> it's... It was quite specific to think about Julian Barrett, so I'm going to go with it's real, and I think it's going to be... What was number two again? Pies Wide Shot. <laughs> I do like that. <coughs> I think it might be the Steak and Rodney. Final guess? Final guess. Hannah, I made it up. Ah, that was a good little detail that you added in about Julian Barrett. I, I know, I was really inspired then. And I haven't seen him do anything for ages. If, he, if he's listening to this podcast, he's going to be like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be quite surprised if he's listening yeah, to this yeah. podcast from Mumbai. Um, I, I was spoilt for choice for the punning titles. Honourable mentions, Pies Without a Face. Oh, yeah. And good. Pie Know What You Did Last Summer. <laughs> <laughs> the Breville made me do it, was it? Absolute <laughs> corker. <laughs> okay, you ready for your next film? Ready. Days before the November midterm elections, three young girls are stalked by a deranged killer... Dressed as the POTUS. And that's POTUS as in President of the United States. Yeah. Is it called Scare Force One? President Evil? Trump in charge of a vehicle? <laughs> yeah. Obamageddon? <laughs> that's quite good. Isn't it? <laughs> or did I make it up? I quite like President Evil. Hannah, mm. you've won 20 pounds. Yeah! Got 20p in the prize fund. Yes! Some good ones there, though. Are you ready for your next film? Yep. Rosemary runs an artisan cheese shop in Paradise, Las Vegas. When the Country Pride Dairy opens a branch nearby, she fears losing her customers. But fear turns to terror when she discovers her rival's diabolical secret. Is it called... Feta the Devil You Know. <laughs> Parmigiano What You Did Last Summer. Oh, <laughs> Paneer and Loathing in Las Vegas. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Rosemary's Baby Bell. <laughs> or did I make it up? Oh... I bet you made it up. I did make it up. You've won. You've got forty p in the prize fund. I keep saying you've won it, but you have to. Um, you have to win the quickfire round to take. Oh, the of prize course, yeah. Time. It's not safe yeah. yet. No, you've not banked by a it. long shot. Okay. Um, would you like to try a new kind of round? Okay. Yeah. Or... I don't know if this will be any good. We'll give it a try. If it's not good, I'll just edit it out. Let's give it a go. It could be a new favourite. Okay. I... It might be a good round, but I don't think it'll be very funny. So this is the reviews round. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I am going to read you quotes from reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm. And you have to try and guess what the film is. Oh, I like that. Okay. And what we've got, I've got um, one, two, three, four. I've got four quotes. And each new one you hear, I'll halve the, pro- the, the money. Okay, So we'll start you. with 80p. If you get after the first one, 80p in the prize fund. Got you, yeah. If you get after the second, 40, 20, 10. Is that maths? I think so. That sounds yeah, like maths. Yeah, sounds like maths enough. You could, you've also got three lifeline. I'm overcomplicating this. <laughs> Let's just do the quotes. <laughs> okay. And if you don't know what it is, we'll introduce the concept of lifelines. Okay. So here's your first quote. Mm-hmm. I am not a fan of horror slasher films. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't realise this, so I came to read it out loud. He's put horror slash slasher films, ah. which would have been really hard to say. Yeah. I am not a fan of horror slash slasher films. <laughs> Despite that fact, this movie was pretty entertaining. In addition, I didn't think it was particularly clever until I realised how clever it really was. And that oh. is Ken L. Three and a half stars. Hmm. Do you have any idea at all? Well, I'm between ideas. That's the problem. There's, I've got maybe like, definitely got a couple. Um, uh, let's go with Get Out. No. No. Are you ready for the next one? Yeah. What was it? Oh, no. Th- these are all the same film. Oh, 
Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Got you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never know, Han. You'll never know. Okay. Next quote. The movie kept me awake at night thinking of stabbing people. Mm. That's Melanie R. One star. So obviously that's not the effect she wanted <laughs> from the film. Okay. I'm going to go with my other guess that I had then. Scream. It is Scream. Yes, that was my, actually, that was my first guess. But then I wouldn't say, not to, you know, do any disservice to Scream. I wasn't thinking it would be one that someone would say was particularly clever. And also Ken L seemed quite conflicted. On <laughs> it did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that round. I think that's good. Do, do you want to hear the two quotes you didn't need? Yeah. Okay. Can't stand the cutesy, look how clever we are being crap. <laughs> as Jacob M, one star. Good use of commas in the quote as well. It's, can't stand the cutesy, comma, look how clever we are being, comma, crap. <laughs> um, and this last one might have given it away. Enthralls you and is suspenseful. P.S. Shaggy's in it. <laughs> Torian O, three stars. Nice. Yeah. No, I like that. Good round. Good round. Okay, we'll, we'll make that a regular one. Yeah. A bit of trivia about Scream. Mm. On Rotten Tomatoes, the release dates are listed as 1996 brackets theatres and 1998 brackets streaming. What was mm. it streaming on? Well, yeah, we didn't in have it in 1998. Yeah, weird. That's bizarre. That's very weird, yeah. Okay. Quick fire round. Quick fire. Oh. Now, for the people at home, this is your first time, the quick fire round. I'm going to bombard Hannah with film names, mm. funny film names. Well, I think they're funny. No context, no plot summary. It'll just be title after title after title, and Hannah has to say real or not real, or true or false. And again, there's no theme. It's just a real hodgepodge of different films. Okay, and I'm going to keep score. Are you ready, Hannah? I'm ready. Okay, start the clock. <laughs> Huge shark. Real. Shark busters. Real. Shark Exorcist. Real. Jurassic Shark 2. Aquapocalypse. False. 90210 Shark Attack. Real. Ouija Shark. Real. Sharks of the Corn. Not real. Ghost Shark 2. Urban Jaws. Real. Mega Shark versus Mecha Shark. Real. Shark Encounters of the Third Kind. Not real. Two-Headed Shark Attack. Not real. Three-Headed Shark Attack. Real. <laughs> Five-Headed Shark Attack. Not real. Six-Headed Shark Attack. Not real. Sharknado, colon, Heart of Sharkness. <laughs> real. Right. In order to win the quickfire round, in order to win the quickfire round and take away the prize fund, you have to get more than half of them right. Oh, God. Three, four, five, six. 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. There's 15, so you have to get 8 or more right. Okay. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9! Yes! Hannah, Woo-hoo! you're taking home 80p, I think. Yes! <laughs> um, God, that's probably the, the, the most I've ever won. Yeah, so do you want to know which ones of those were real? Yes, please. Every single one of them. What? Yeah, no every way. single one of those films God. was real. Heart of Sharkness. Sharknado, colon, Heart of Sharkness. That is real. Sharks of the Corn. That and is all real. The heads. Yeah, oh, yeah, they're all real. I don't know why there isn't a four-headed shark attack, no. but there isn't. Why, why, what, oh God. Um, sharks of the Corn. What's that going to be about? They're kind of, you know, not land creatures. No, <laughs> Well, it's sea corn, isn't oh, it? Presumably, yeah. there's sea corn. Um, well, Han, that is the oh, end of the quiz. Another good quiz. Brilliant. Yeah, you've won 80p. I'm glad you enjoyed the reviews. I then. did enjoy the reviews, Ron. I'm only slightly annoyed at myself because Scream was my first choice and then I, oh, I messed with it. And, but still, it was all right. Got it on too. Yeah, brilliant. Right, well, we've had our fun quiz. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. Lots of sharks again. (laughs) (laughs) We are now back to have a look what we can find from the critics Mm. on the Haunting of the Tower of London. So we seem to have two reviews on IMDb. We have one from bloodyflix.co.uk. 
Nice. Uh, Paul Downey has done that one. And also another one from Movies and Mania. Ooh. Mm, so should have a take a look? Yeah. Okay, so Bloody Flex. <laughs> that was Bloody Flex. <laughs> bloody Flex. So uh, it's quite a long review. <laughs> Is that like so, a summary? That's end? what I'm, yeah, that's what I'm just going down. Yeah, you might have done some of this. Uh, actually, there's not, because actually, I say it's long. It's not that long. Let me try and uh, summarise it to some degree. Okay, so... Uh, I'd have... So, the reviewer here is saying, I'd have to say his most restrained effort to date was the classic gothic tale in English Haunting. Which I really love, actually. That was one of the ones I was going to recommend yeah. to you. But for large parts, Tower of London is equally restrained. So, he's saying uh, some good character development... It's actually quite hard to <laughs> you know what I mean. Because um, then he goes into the story. This is why we need Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, because otherwise you have to like read it all through and summarise it yourself. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. I don't know why I'm laughing. Yeah, I wish you would summarise. Okay, this is sort of a summary. Steeds and his Dark Temple crew continue to produce entertaining visuals, and I get this feeling certain scenes here will be talked about on social media for some time following its release. The Bottomizer. The Bottomizer, yeah. Uh, he has talked about how, um, yeah, the torture bit is um, does make you kind of go, ooh. Although I don't really agree that it's one of the wildest and brutal finales I've seen in a while. I mean... Maybe wild, to be fair. I wouldn't say it's ridiculously brutal. It's sort of amusingly brutal. Mm. But he certainly... Um, it, this seems to be a pretty positive review. Has he given it a stars rating? Um, let's have a look. Yes, yeah, sorry, everyone. It's not the easiest thing to... Um, no, this was a terrible idea, actually. To read the way he's done it, because it's just... No, he hasn't. Hasn't he? <laughs> I think so. Wow, well done, Bloody Flex. Yeah, well done, We guys. gave it four and a half stars. Where's your star? Let's see. Um, no, I'm only joking. Bloody Flex is great. Let's have a look at movies and mania, because it's not that Bloody Flex have done a bad review. It's just hard to summarise it while we're doing this, like, in a few, you know. Yeah, guys. In a couple of minutes. Check out the Bloody Flex review. You can find yeah. it linked on IMDb. I don't know how much of this will make into the final edit. <laughs> no, don't, don't worry. You know, like, ho- horror... Indie horror reviews is quite a small scene. We don't want to alienate our peers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, true. I also hate to say this, but I feel like this is a copy of the other review because it looks to be exactly the same. Movies and Mania. Sometimes they do a roundup of reviews they've found. Oh, that's what they've done then. So that was a great idea. (laughs) (laughs) We're useless when we don't have Rotten Tomatoes as a crutch, aren't we? No, let's we double check. It's not crept on. Yeah, it hasn't had a look. Uh, They've got a listing for it, but they've got no reviews recorded against it yet. But to be fair, it literally came out today. I know. I mean, who's had who's had the time? Barely had time to get work, home from work and watching it. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um, well, yeah, not not really a lot at the moment to go on, but yeah, that, I mean that the one review we had was pretty positive. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there we go. Well, how's that for a Point spectacular <laughs> end to the? Um, to be fair to podcast. us, we usually get a bit more. Uh, we've usually had a bit more time. A film's usually been out a little bit longer. Yeah, this is yeah. very hot off the press. Yeah, it is actually. So, well, you know, it's what we like. Yeah, off the press. Yeah, we'll probably have to edit that down. Yeah, but yeah. Hey-ho. I don't think much. <laughs> but when I do, I don't think much will be left. <laughs> I'll just send you a little voice clip of me, like, condensing that whole review. Just <laughs> that won't match anything else. I'll, I'll just stick a URL to it in the... Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, that was one thing, not particularly for this, but um, of that film. Did you notice the one scene where they 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 cut it really weirdly? No, which There was one? one scene where they were suddenly in the field, and it was really a quick cut, and I wondered whether they'd had to cut something out of it. Oh, I didn't know. No, it just seemed, compared to all the other edits, it was the one that just didn't fit. Ah. You know, when they've had to almost cut something out yeah, and yeah. not quite find a piece to match it as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was, um, that was the only thing I was going to say to you. That Did you notice that? Because that was a bit weird. But No, I didn't actually. I can't think what that was. But what, what I would say to sum up, like, if you do enjoy Dark Temple films, they really knock them out. And, you know, they've, they're always enjoyable. You know, I don't. I've not. I've not seen a Duffer yet out of the ones I've seen. So it's sort of like they're a good brand to be a fan of. Yeah. You know, it's not like it's not like you'll be waiting three years for the next one. Yeah. 
you're going to be constantly entertained. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Grand. Yeah, well, wow. I think that's it. I think that is pod complete. Well, apart from what we're doing next time. Ooh. Mm. What are we doing next well, time? Well, we do want to go and see Black Phone. Yes, we do. So if we can get that one in. How about mm. two weeks' time we go see Black Phone? Yeah, do let's do it. Yeah. Perfect. And then we can just, yeah, we might have to do the other bits. We'll work it out. Yeah, probably, yeah. They probably won't like it if we start talking in the cinema. No, yeah, we can't, we can't <laughs> do it in the cinema. <laughs> Yeah, they certainly won't like it if we do a quiz. (laughs) (laughs) They might all join in. (laughs) Rail, not rail, rail. Okay, so we'll say Black Phone. Based on recent performance, that probably means we won't do another podcast for six weeks and it'll be a completely different film. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll come back in six weeks and we'll be like, right, guys, we're watching Beetlejuice. Really sorry. (laughs) Sorry, we tried. (laughs) Excellent. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. Tune in next time for more Midweek Horror. Don't get scared now. <laughs> <laughs>